0: Search. Each man different. Living his own way. Searching. Discovering numero uno. Welcome back, BBCers, to episode number ninety-two of the Broken by Concept Podcast. Nearly hundred. Nearly a hundred. We're gonna do something special for it. We'll yeah. announce it <laughs> later in the uh in, I mean it's like eight weeks away, so we've got some yep. time. Lots of news has happened in the last two weeks. Uh, the first one is we had one of my coaching clients, Will. Woohoo. Hit rank one on the North American server. It was about 10 days ago. So Nathan's the great... That means you're the greatest positional coach of all time. You solved are. it. You cracked the code. now. the code. <laughs> you can
1: retire now. <laughs>
0: so this is what I've got to talk about. Definitely <laughs> haven't cracked the code, all <laughs> right? It's definitely a huge effort, huge achievement. Yep. Uh... I'm not going to say like just a coaching client. Like Will's like the original. Right? The, OG. He's, the OG. This is where it all started. Where it all started for me. So I want to talk a little bit about like, you know, our journey, our process. Because he's not a normal coaching client for me. He was sort of the project that I worked on. He, so he's there's the
1: sol and then there's Will. There's
0: Will, that's right. Will is Will just, just like a,
1: a, he's like a whole different program in itself. You know, he's just, just Will.
0: That's right? right. So over the last, so he came to me. Um, December of 2019. That's basically when I started my YouTube channel. We left dials yep. and stuff. And then he was just like this 14-year-old Diamond One kid. It was like a Sedjuani man. And like, I was just learning. He's like one of my first Hilo clients. So I was like, you know, Hi Hilo, I want to learn to improve, to review. So I just started reviewing with him. And then it just became a habit. Because you
1: learned from reviewing him as well, right? Yeah, like right. you were yeah. viewing it long-term. Like I can learn from him. He can learn from me. Type that's thing, right. right. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's sort of like an experiment, right? Yeah. So, I mean, over those two and a half years... We did uh twelve hundred reviews, which is I'm pretty sure that's like a world first of solo queue reviews for a coach to like a solo queue player. Like obviously there's coaches that's probably done uh, you know, lots of competitive reviews and stuff, but in terms of solo queue, just how serious we took solo queue, I think that's like a world first. I mean, it's bipartisan right? it.
1: <laughs> that's like that's like the say there's like a push up record of like like say ten thousand. Yeah. Yours is like 100,000, like by
0: far. It's not even remotely close, Nathan. But technically, again, you could think that like I'm the worst coach in the world because it took me 1,200 reviews to get into rank one. But again, getting rank one is a pretty big Yeah, rank one so. is, is
1: a massive feat, Nathan. Yeah. I mean, think about, think about that. Yeah, it's the top, the top of the top. Yep. The best on the server. Of oh, the, the server. 1.5 million players on that server. Incredible. Really, really incredible.
0: So, um, yeah, it was definitely a, a long journey. It took two and a half years to get there interesting thing here now so i mean we're like this is not me just saying i've cracked i want to like emphasize i haven't cracked the code how to get to rank one he was a super dedicated individual literally only thought about that you know he's 14 15 years old like he only thinks about solitude, queue, know the responsibilities wanted to be a pro player
1: okay so let's clarify a few things what made will such a great client and what differed him comparatively to some of your other clients
0: step us through this um the, I mean, I wouldn't even say time commitment because he had high school at the time. So you still have to manage a high school um, finishing schedule. That, yeah. But um, he had like a little bit of a buffering COVID where he could like, he could did school, but he was at home so he didn't have to commute and stuff. But I mean, I'll say the key things differentiated him would be, yeah, just dedication, um, just ability to just get through shit moments. He would just push through uh, yeah, I mean, like, obviously the review process, that evolved over time. Like, we were just we're just, we're just curious, I think both of us, about the game. Um, curiosity. Yeah, just putting in... I mean, it's not obsession, right? obsession, It was just, it was just obsession. just putting in the hours, you know? Obsession, putting in the hours. He
1: reminds me a lot of Shurn in some, mm. Like, young Shurn. Mm. And to clarify, we spoke about Fire a few times on the podcast, but back in the day in Die Wars, we use Shoenfarre as a great analogy because when we met him, all his entire life was the game. When he was going to, when he was walking back from, like, say, the office to his room, he was thinking about the game. When he's having a shower, he's thinking about the game. When he's eating meals, he's talking and thinking about the game. At every point of his day, he was thinking, living, breathing League of Legends. Yeah. I mean, if you want, that's wanna, the vibe I get from Will anyway. Yeah, if
0: you want to be the best, I mean, I don't think it's possible to get to rank quite in you if you're not thinking about the game you're and not just like absolutely your obsessed uh,
1: yeah. in a major server in a major yeah, server yeah. yeah
0: so um yeah it was definitely a journey our review process evolved a lot I mean you know I mean we I think a lot of the podcast episodes a lot of it was what we talked about was challenges I was having with Will right. and how it evolved I mean when we started it was purely from like diamond one to like 400-500 LP it was just teaching about win conditions that was jungle really fundamentals,
1: of, fundamentals right A lot of and jungle
0: and jungle path in and stuff so just the real fundamentals yep um
1: so in your experience jungle fundamentals and win cons get you to around four 500 lp
0: roughly well i can't even just say that because there's obviously a baseline mechanical thing that i didn't have to teach him okay That's so the he, thing he was well.
1: already pretty good mechanic yeah right yeah okay yeah uh, he was uh, a cut above most other junglers mechanically
0: in your would you say yeah i would say uh, i don't even know it's hard to say junglers it's hard to say see mm. people's mechanics sometimes sure. i mean champ mastery is a big part of mechanics right I mean, he was playing like a Rek'Sai and Elise and stuff like that. So, you know, hitting Cocoon's really important. Okay. is not that hard to execute. So, but yeah, I would say definitely he was. I mean, but he was still in that hyper learning phase. You know, he's like, if you're 14, 15 years yeah. old, you, you can get quick. good really good fast at the game. Yeah. You know, you, you don't, don't overcomplicate you don't, things. You don't overcomplicate things. You don't have all these bad habits. And no I'm, mental baggage. And, you know, I'm sitting there teaching and reviewing the fundamentals from the baseline, like structuring the game. So early he never game. had
1: bad habits in a way, right? Like, he couldn't really yeah, have had really right. bad habits. I think like, that's a huge It's not advantage. like you're working with like a 23 year old who's been playing the game. for For seven seven years years. those are hard and have really bad habits you didn't have to go through the shit. he's like all right clean slate we're gonna start from scratch yeah and he seemed like a
0: sponge so i think that's a huge advantage and then as he got we you know we struggled from 500 to 800 lp i think that's when he did a lot more work by himself i wasn't really i mean i was still reviewing every day with him but i think that's where he started figuring out things more himself and then um 800 to 1200 lp which he got last year that was, again, himself, but still, you know, me reviewing. Yep. Uh, I think that was, like, where Champ Mastery, like, his Kindred became insanely good, like, best on the server by yeah. far. Um, and then this year, yeah, it was literally just three block. And so he, the other thing about it as well, we, the first year I was working with him, there wasn't the three block process. That's when he, like, sort of capped around 800. And then the next year he did the three block process. With exercise. That was a big Yeah, with one, exercise. Yeah. yeah, exercise. Was, yeah, so we focused a lot on the outsider game as well. Um, so I actually want to share some of my principles some of the things that we sort of outlined like I just wrote these down the other day just thinking about what did, what, what are the key messages we sort of had in our, in our sessions and in yeah. our mentality so what you've learned across time yep. to how to get better at the game as a jungler again this is a jungle perspective yep. so um, some things I wrote down so these are some You know, we've been reading Ray Dalio principles, right? So I was like, what are the principles that I'll sort of follow in 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 terms of the the coaching, my philosophy, in terms of how to get better at the game? Uh, Never take the game fundamentals for granted. Always refine. Practice until you can't get them wrong. So that was, you know, there's just emphasising there's nothing sexy about getting rank one. You know, it's just like the boring things, assessing the map state, where's everyone, champ mastery, everything we talk about in the podcast. Don't ever take that for granted because you can easily... Once you, because you you can easily just get so comfortable and cocky with the fundamentals, you know, like they always come come back to bite you if you get if you start taking them for granted. Take maximum responsibility for every game and every death, not just your death, but your teammates' death. Like literally in the review, we would literally every time someone dies, how could we prevent that death? I mean, this is I think a more jungle specific thing, but think about how much info I was thinking about this this morning actually. There is so much information in deaths, not just yourself, your teammates as well, because you understand, you see trends and like, you know, at the end of the day, if you're just there for that fight, there's not a death because you're there, then you have numbers advantage.
1: Jungle, when you think about it, you have so much mental capacity, like mental space to think about what the enemy could be doing,
0: right? That's what you're thinking about all the time. It's basically. so interesting. Yeah. It's such a different role. It's it a game. A it's a, a mini true, game true. within a game, isn't yeah. it? Because you're right, you're spot
1: on. You can, you're going to get kills, and and that's one part. But preventing your team from dying and understanding what the enemy jungler would be doing and protecting your laners is equally important, if not even more important. Yeah. Because even if you could just do that and you don't get any kills, you're probably going to win anyway because you're just farming, right?
0: Yes. And they're wasting time. Yo, if you think about it, those the deaths in the game from your laners... Those are super key vulnerable parts of the game, aren't they? Like, they could explode and go either way really easily if you're just there, right? Counter gank, right. Counter ganks. I mean, counter ganks is is a huge part of what I look for in in the game Mm. and just assessing wave states and stuff. So, there's so many learnings. Yeah, again, it's not just about the death, it's about learning about wave states, champion matchups who, like, why did this person die? It's just a really curious and, and taking max responsibility for, for all your teammates' deaths. You, and you and can, it's easier said than done. Oh, it's right? hard. It's, it's so, easy to blame your teammates. Like, it's easy my to team say, sucks, bad
1: die. lane, look at this guy, what he's done with the wave yeah. and whatever, later. Like, it's so easy, right? But to take responsibility, like you said, I mean, it, it's, I mean, that's the key to success in the league. How can I take maximum responsibility without mental booming though? Because That's the hard part. That's yeah. the hard part. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. So I'll go over, that's another principle here that, um, that I had. Uh, So even if players are better than you right now, process plus work ethic will win in the long term. That's something we have to hammer a lot because there's players that were challenger for a couple of years or like they play 15 games a day and Will was doing something else that sort of like beat him down mentally a little bit because he's like, am I just like untalented and stuff? But it just cut all that bullshit. Just thinking about process plus work ethic. Over the long term, you will win. When he proves in the pudding, right? Yeah, proves in the pudding. He literally did the three block process for the last 18 months, guys. Um. Play every game with high intensity, always thinking about high intensity. This is not, not this, he did definitely didn't do this. So I would say maybe like, you know, 30% of his games were maybe like high intensity, but always having in that game, how could I bring more intensity to this game? And and then the high intensity thing also happens outside a game. It's like, it's sort of like a, a, a question to always ask how can I have high intensity going into my soul cube block today? And then everything sort of ravels around that. Mm. It's a good question to ask, I think. Mm. Um, Every game will be a struggle even when you're 5k gold ahead. I love that one.
1: Uh, one thing like Will I got from Will was is um expect that every game's going to be a hard game.
0: Mm.
1: Like when you come into a block, if you find yourself striving or hoping that you get an easy game, it's going to bite you in the ass eventually. So what he got what he would say was like um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he would say something like every block is going to be hard. Mm. Like there is no easy game. No. Like every, I'm going to sweat and I'm gonna do my. I'm gonna just be pushed to my absolute limit every single game. You got to embrace that. That's that's like in,
0: in, in climbing into challenger and through challenger. Every game is brutal. Uh, outside of game impacts your in game. That was a huge philosophy we had. We talked a lot about diet. Uh, run-in gym exercise and that helped to significantly bring high intensity. In he his said box. something
1: interesting about, didn't he, about how, how you view yourself in real life is an extension will be an extension of how you view yourself in game.
0: That's talking about confidence. That confidence. Yeah. And he was
1: saying, he said to us where um, if, you, if you're if you feeling low confidence in real life and like you're just kind of half-assing things with low intensity and you're not pushing yourself in real life, how can you be that beast mode in game? It just doesn't make sense, and he found that for him when he got into exercising, didn't he? With running, he's pushing himself mentally and physically. So then, when he goes into game, that's his like baseline. It's like I want to be a beast in game as well, and he felt like a beast heading into those games up here,
0: yeah, because your mind and body are connected. And the definitely the days where he got sloppy with his schedule and stuff, those days he would be struggling in solo queue. And sometimes it would actually be as well the solo queue is the the trigger, and then he then that. But ah, starts dragging to his schedule right, and, right. and gym and stuff. So we also had to battle with that one a bit. Yeah. Uh, this is a really important philosophy, especially when you're climbing in challenge and lots of teammates are going, teams are wanting you. League is an individual game before it's a team game. And this just really helped block out all the noise of like, why aren't you playing in amateur? Why aren't you playing in academy? Uh, his goal was uh, the goal we set was you have to get rank one first. Yep. and No then one gives a play. fuck about you. Yeah.
1: Like I, I mean, I'm gonna roast 610 again, and I always roast him. He pissed away at time trying to make EU masters, and he didn't want to. You know, he obviously he knew what my response was gonna be when he went into EU masters because it's a waste of time. Even if he made EU masters, you're like a you know a bottom of chow player. You're gonna get some shitty team. Even if you did, you, you, you got you make EU masters with your team. You're gonna get knocked out first round anyway. What's gonna happen? No one cares about you. You're not going to get in any meaningful team unless you're a high, 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 top 10 consistent challenger player. But players, they don't understand that mm. because they just take any offer. They get excited. I want to play competitive. I want to... You've got to think long run. If yeah. you want to be pro, you've got to think long term. Your solo queue is the most important thing. I had scouts. I spoke to people looking at 6'10". and Three or four of them all said, too low.
0: Doesn't matter. how they don't even care about his performance. In, in don't the, care. Yeah. Too it's low. Yeah.
1: I don't, I don't want to, I can't look at him. I can't justify to my management to pick up this guy. Hmm. Bottom of Chow.
0: Over like this 1.2k LP am never...
1: Yeah, I'm never not <laughs> going to pick this 1.2k or 1.3k LP player ever.
0: Yeah. Simple as that. So that was a really important one. I think that, that was a huge advantage he had over some of his peers that was sort yeah, of like the, the junglers around. at like 200, 300 LP that he just flew past because that was just wasting time in uh, playing team. Well, because you don't...
1: Not, you're you're Worse. Yeah. You don't just go nowhere. You actually get, get worse. worse as a So you got to remember
0: that. Because your, your teammates' problems become your problems. Yep. That's what happens. People isn't... equals problems. Yeah. We know that. You just got to be focused on yourself. You know, again, that's not to say... That's why I said League is an individual game before it's a team game. The team game aspect is really important at the highest later level. Later on. Later on. But later. right now, that's the Help focus.
1: yourself first before you help others.
0: And the last principle I had is just going into reviews and approaching the game with a problem-solving mindset. If you don't have the answer, figure it out. And this is something where we definitely got into later stages in his, in the journey where win conditions were starting to get really complicated in terms of like, you know, we passed here, this one game, like it sort of went okay, but like we bled too much on that side. Like, should we have like spent more time? There? It started to get really complicated. Mm. We just, we had to get into a problem solving mindset mm. sometimes. Uh, and it's just, happened, I think it was really important to just approach this review we don't know the answers. We're not fucking geniuses, but let's figure it out. I think that was a very healthy principle mm, as well. We interesting. Had. Um, so that, those were all the principles. Uh, some of the challenges we definitely had as well was, um, well, like it sort of like was good and bad. Like so, we were pure early game focused in the first like year and bit, and then that got sort of detrimental because then we sort of like were having that end of review mindset too much, and we were sort of just giving up on games. So we had to sort of work through that. We've talked. We had an episode on the podcast about the end of review process. You can look that up. Um, uh, we started sometimes just like going to the death sometimes, and then there's more context we needed. Like sometimes it would speed up the reviews to a point where we should actually look at, at spend more time on some games. Really important to identify games, not to overthink. Some games are just like lost, and we could sit there and theorycraft the perfect thing, but it's just a bit unrealistic that's also as well we had to identify the games that were just not that important well, sometimes, to review. like
1: with at least with my clients like in those games where they're really really hard what I look for and the main takeaway is like the mindset mm. like as long as your mindset is good and mm. you're looking for the right things they might not ever happen as long as your mindset is poised and you're, you're, you're trying to find those win cons you're looking for creative angles that's all I care about right that's mm. what you're probably looking for right mm. And if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen you got to move on
0: absolutely and then the other one was uh, we we I think towards the, the end of it and I think that just the way because I just got better at the game as well it was sort of like a side by side journey because mm. I was like you know diamond one master yeah you know and then last year I was like challenger but I bent back and now I'm back to challenger yeah like just being talking about more flexible and creative in games I think that's a, a mindset we developed later on and, and I think that was really um, really important just adaption just obsessed with adaption and that's a huge part of my coaching style now talking about adaption.
1: That's it. One big thing I got from Will before we move on was um, he he said a really interesting voice. So I asked Will about how important was the meta, right? I said how important is the meta for you in climbing through Challenger and Master Plus, and he said meta is important, but he, it, it not. And his answer was unique because it's not the way I viewed. He said you got to doesn't mean you have to change your champ pool. You got to change the way you play your champion in the meta. So let's say you play your champs like Elise, Kindred, Diana, whatever it might be, right? You don't have to swap your pool, but you have to. You might have to alter your the your the pace of the way you play your champion. You might have to change your build and your setup. Like you might, if you play yet you might go from Electro to Conqueror, or you might do a different a tankier setup to facilitate more. Whatever it might be, you still want to keep that underlying champ mastery because that's going to be the difference between you getting you know six hundred to eight hundred to one k. Is that champ mastery? And I found that really interesting. So not, yes, meta is important, but not in the way a lot of people think meta is important. People think meta, got to ch- change my champ No, how do I change the way I play my champion? Which I actually do resonate a lot with because I've actually incrementally altered the way I play my Casio. Mm. I used to play a little quite aggressively. I've altered now pulling waves a lot more. And I've even been playing around with Ghost. I've naturally just adapted based off what feels good in the games, mm. which is actually super interesting. I did, I, he actually articulated what I was doing and I didn't know you what didn't I was doing. I didn't doing. realize what yeah. I was doing, but that's what I do. I actually pick my champs and I stick with them, but then I alter them incrementally. I play different styles and I play my lanes in a different way, incrementally as the season goes on.
0: Yeah. Because of the way champions are playing. Well the, new, you know, be- the, new, right? champs the new champs are in champs.
1: the game, new junglers are in the game. I can't yeah. place the champs certain ways. It's just it just changes. So I think that's a really beautiful way of articulating it. Yeah. Um anything else?
0: Yeah, so then the last thing I want to mention here. Uh, so yeah, he was he hit rank one, but now he's down to rank eight. So mm-hmm. his name's No invade, please, by the way, for people that want to know on the ladder. If you look, he's like rank eight right now, and we we definitely need to go back to the lab because we reviewed it over the last you. couple of days and just back to basic mistakes. And that's such a like maintaining rank one and just getting it is oh. two different fucking things, right? And Incredibly it's just hard. It, it, and that's the great thing about league. It's gonna you know we're back in the depths again. You know it was all sunshine and rainbows. Yes, rank one, congratulations, Will. Uh, Ten days ago, but now we're like. You know, we're, back we're, in the we're back in the shit and he's, he's struggling you know, mentally with some things at the moment as well with his gameplay. That's the way it goes, isn't it? That's what you love about League of Legends. It's always going to push you. The moment you get comfortable in League of Legends, it has a great way of humbling you. <laughs> it has the yeah. best way. The moment you think you've got it worked out. The win out, streak. You post that win streak. What yeah. happens next? That's right. The game will humble what you. What happens so after the well. win streak? That's another principle. No matter how well things are going, the game will humble you. <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, I think that's in life as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. I, I actually,
0: yeah. this is actually like a little side note,
1: not really related to League, but I'd love to hear if this, if you've actually experienced this in your life. I actually view Lee, uh, life as a roller coaster. Like, I have, I can feel it. Like, I, <laughs> You feel you going down, you feel yeah, you going up. Yeah, so I have yeah. these periods where everything's... It's sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. I'm feeling good, sleeping well. Just like life is going great. Mm. And then I actually think about it, right? I'm thinking life's too good right now. When's and then gonna go boom, out of nowhere, something happens. Like I enjoy my back or I get COVID or like shit is the fan, whatever it might be. And then you, you, everything just goes bad. Everything goes wrong. And then you hit rock bottom and then you go back up again. And, and like my life, I actually, if I were to draw it, it's just like that. It's just like an up and down roller coaster. Very similar league, isn't it? Very similar.
0: It is. It's it, funny. I mean, we always say league mimics real life a lot, you know. <laughs> the, the challenges you yeah. face there. Um but anyway, anything else, Nathan, before we move on? Yep, yeah, so next bit of news, I've officially hit Challenger. I've been maintaining for for last week, so there's officially two Challenger players on the wow. game. Yeah. And that we was my miss. goal for this season, you know. So uh yeah. I'll That's just maintaining. Yep. Now, I'm pretty comfortable in my gameplay. Again, the game has a pretty good... It's Couch is- humbling.
1: M- more status, right? With this yeah, is we, we've increased. Got a lot more status going on here.
0: So um
1: we can yeah, call this a challenger podcast now, Nathan.
0: Yes, we can. <laughs> so the first thing I want to talk about my mindset right now. I literally feel like I'm I'm still at square one. Like okay. I'm so excited about the game. Like I'm yeah. never. I'm actually having the most fun in the game right yeah. now. Yeah. Or like I feel like I'm a baby. I've, I've just hit my goal, and I feel like I'm I'm, I'm now reborn. I'm, now I'm I'm ready to go. You okay. Know? even though I've put in fucked tons of work and lots of mental barriers and invisible narratives have had to break down and, and worked on champ Mastery. Congratulations. So uh, I'm super excited about that. Um, the second thing is is that, so what I'm working on in my gameplay now is I've been watching a lot of Drive to Survive, uh, the Formula One yep. Netflix series. I definitely recommend people watching it. I'd never watched Formula One before and now I love it uh and when you like you know watch like these f1 cars like turn corners and stuff you can like tell the best one like lewis hamilton versus like a 10th place like they just squeeze more out of the turn right they just just more, looks more clean and they get more speed like that's what i'm working on with like my gameplay now like i know everything to do but everything needs to be clean like going around those corners like really well let's say if i'm like uh you know clearing a camp like my camps and then i I see something to go to and like my decision making to go there is just instant, just beautiful. Like I already know what's going on and like mechanically in fights and stuff is just beautiful. Like I know my role in my fights. A huge thing as well that I think has clicked is mid game to early game. You know how we talked about the youth or my biggest problem was my early, I'm just mid so game. Yeah. I'm super confident in my mid game right now. Um, in terms of like, You know what I'm actually I'm actually more confident In my mid game Than my early game somehow. Fascinating Like I'm literally like I, yeah. Whatever can happen In the early game Like I, I still have lots Of good early games When I win my games Right But I'm like I, I'm ready to catch people On the side lane I'm going to look For mid prime I'm going to catch them out I'm going to think about What the enemy team Is going to do And then I'm only Going to take good fights By assessing map Counting to 10 Has been the Most Im- most impactful thing For my mid game Just Where is my team Where, where is everyone team? It, What are they it's doing It's massive Massive because there's so many throws that happen, you know. That you like, I see it in reviews all the time, even for my high-low clients. It just takes that one time you take that three-v-four fight because you didn't see someone reset on your team, and then you fucking lose the game. My learning objective right now: we're
1: actually doing a two-week challenge in the MLA. Um, and this two-week challenge is pick one learning objective and you're purely focused on it for two weeks. Love it because, because th- I don't know if you felt this, but when you're like climbing a league, you're swapping your learning objectives, so many things to focus on. It's very easy to like lose track of like what you actually need to like setting a habit. Like it's very easy to kind of get lost. So Milk Puddle actually suggested in, my ML- in the MLA, he said, why don't we just create a, a two week challenge where it's like, okay, only focusing on one thing. So we know at least at the end of these two weeks, you're going to have at least one solid like skill. Fundamental, fundamental yeah. that you've got, right? Like all bullshit aside. I thought that was really smart. Like, I think it's a really good way to get people back on track, especially if they've been in a slump. Mm. And mine is looking at my own teammates' location at every single point in time. Like, before I make a decision, like I need to know where my teammates are because I always say this: knowing where your teammates are is actually more important than knowing where the enemy is. Like, if yes. you know where your yes. teammates are. It's, it will tell you what you need, what you can and can't do. Can't do yeah. So like for me, I'll have to check before I, before I go for that heavy trade, where's my jungler? Where's my support? Like what's going on? And then I can go for that. Or before I do, go for that dive, or before I go for that roam, or before I go for that, um, hit the tower,
0: where's my team? What are they doing? Are they resetting? Are they in base? And then that way I think the resets are really important, by the way, because when your teammates reset, you need to actually think about how much of the map you're going to lose. So what just, do you mean? So like you know, let's say like you like, you know, your team's gonna your, your teammate is reset on the map, right? That, and then like they're on the map, they're gonna push oh, away, they're gonna push and they're gonna, into gonna do your yeah. And then
1: they can like cheese you and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. forward
0: thinking about okay, yeah, how does how does this reset affect the next thirty seconds of the game? Right. That's been hugely important for me as well because,
1: but that has to be intuitive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've probably really it's, built it's that into intuitive. intuition. It's just I intuition. do think it's about it though. I think about it though.
1: Don't you just think about, like, where that... You don't think what they could do real... I mean, you kind of do, do, but it's, it's, it's kind of feel, is it
0: not? I've, maybe it's a mixture of both, but mm. I'm definitely thinking about I'm actively thinking about mm. in my games. Interesting. Maybe, uh, maybe that's meant Because I
1: just get, like... I get, like, just feelings. Like, they're there or not. Like, yeah. like I know where they roughly are. The enemy
0: theme. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I, I kind of... I kind of know, because I don't know. I'm able to put myself in their shoes in a way. I don't know. It's hard to describe how, how my mind works in that sense, but... Yeah. But yeah, spot on. That's a, if you, you know, I think the, the two most bang for buck learning objectives someone could have is the count to 10 and the other one, the what's next. Yeah, I think they're the most bang for buck. If you want like, insane value in terms of your learning objectives, either of those two. Ask yourself yeah. what's next at every single point in time after any, anything that happens or count to 10. Where is everyone? Those are the two
0: most valuable learning objectives. Yep. So there we go. That's everything that I'm. I, I think has helped me, and what I'm. I'm what I'm, my mindset. Well, you interested to right. see how you go, Nathan? Yeah, we got keep us I mean, it updated. Is, I mean, it's a long game, you know. We talk about the the season's a marathon, not a sprint. All right. So we only in. You know, it's only technically been almost two two and a half months, yeah, three months. Got plenty of time. So we still got another six months, seven months of the season. So we'll see how we go. It's a good sign that you get this early, though. Yeah. Good sign. Yeah. Excellent. Um, oh by the way, my account's Nathan Mot 2 for anyone that wants to look it up.
1: Nathan Mot 2. Nathan
0: Mot 2 on Oceanics. Not Server. seven. Not seven. Not not five? Yeah. Okay, two. Two.
1: Alright. <laughs> um I want to talk about the power of reversing better players. Um okay. What are some common things you see in the in the Soul Two around versing better players? People shit themselves, right? So oh about my-
0: Smurfs; they get scared. Well, just in
1: general, like this guy has X amount of mastery points, or this person has this amount of win rate, or they have, um, you know, they see that shit, or they. Or they just, they just, oh, this guy, I'm in a high MMR lobby or whatever the fuck it might be. Like, people just get intimidated. They don't have a positive response to versing better players. And I can completely empathize because I think we've all been there at some point yeah. where you even, I mean, for us, we know the player, they're a pro player or whatever it might be. And you're like, oh shit, okay. I know I'm going to get pushed this game. Now, there is one player in OSE that I know traditionally for me, I've had like a little bit of a mental block first and it's Kisei, all right? Kisei is a young uh, pro player in OSE mid laner very good mechanically and he's like a he's like a he's like what would you call him like a he's a very he's a wild player like he he's, plays a lot of yeah. different champs he's very chaotic but he's he's just very smart about the game and he's very he's very good mechanically like micro wise and I, I end up end up tripping over myself all the time i get frustrated versus myself and it's all because i come in with the incorrect mindset my mindset is this guy is better than me mechanically And I'm not viewing it in a positive way. Like, I'm not viewing it in a healthy way. I'm viewing it in a way... Because I caught myself. So what I did, I popped into him. And I I, I literally... I felt wrong. I felt off going into it. And I I made a really stupid play that I would never make versus anyone. Not because he outplayed me. I literally just outplayed myself, yeah. right? Embarrassed myself. Because you're playing against because him. Because I'm personally missing him. Hmm. And I reflected after that game. I said, "Curtis, what's with your mindset? I actually just went within." And I said to myself, "Okay, what am I what was my mindset like entering this game?" And I was really honest with myself and I said, "What if it, like when push comes to shove, if I'll be brutally honest with myself, it was I was I think I was actually insecure about my micro and my ability versus guy. Like I have these expectations about what I'm capable of. And in my mind, I'm scared. I was scared to get beaten that way. Like if I was brutally honest. And, and then what I said to myself, I said, next time I versus guy, I'm actually going to say, you know what? Yep. Cool. He's better than me. I can learn from him. What a great learning experience. I told myself, I literally said to myself, I want to versus guy again. And I'm going to switch my mindset completely to expressing myself Let's see what. Just have a crack. See what I can do. And this is a great learning opportunity. Pop into him next game, right? Boom. That's
0: a great opportunity. The next game straight away. And I popped off. Yeah.
1: And it was. A, I had like three losing other people, but I went. I think I went fifteen and two in mm. a losing game mm. when everyone else was dying, and I nearly like one v nine. And I felt like I was back to like what I what I could do.
0: So that's just that mind. Just of that, that,
1: that, that just and, and and it's all my mindset shifted from. I have to be, like. I, I I expect to beat this guy, and I have to beat this guy at all costs. To, you know what? Let's just see what I can do. And if he, be, is he if he's better than me, he's better than me. Good on him. Thumbs up. Like I, like I let go of my ego. Like I just detached my ego completely from from like myself. Like I, I it's like me as a player, and then there's like my expectations, my ego. I just got rid of it by telling myself over and over again that it's good to verse a better player because I can learn more. And no one gives a shit about you, Curtis. Like, no, he doesn't care about how good or bad you are. Just go out there and have a crack. And it changed my entire mindset. And I think that for me, um, what I've noticed as well is that ego creeps up very easily. It does. And it prevents you from learning because mm. what, it, what it actually does is that, is that it, it will prevent you from being honest with yourself in terms of mistakes that you make. Like you will overlook mistakes, and you say, "Oh, I won't do. I wouldn't do that next time. Or, oh, it's okay. I can. I can do better next time." No, just be brutally honest with yourself. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to not be as good as you think you are. Mm. It's all you versus yourself at the end of the day, isn't it? And I think there's a lot of people out there that like get afraid that when they get beaten, it's not that they they know the world's over, but. Their expectations and their ego gets in the way of them just saying it's... They don't genuinely believe it's okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, to you get know, beaten it, by a better
1: player. It's I mean, okay. To you, get, that's, that's that's the message I want to spread. It's okay and good to get beaten by a better player. Just say it to yourself. He's better than me. Yeah. And detach it. He's better than me. Yeah. Just say that, you know? And like, yeah. accept it.
0: Yeah, Yeah. no... Uh, you know what I mean? Use the word vulnerable, dude. That's a fucking strong word. I wouldn't even call it that. Like... It's like being, it's just, you got to lose, dude. You're going to have to fucking lose in League of Legends. No, but you can lose. But the reason, like, yes, it's, I. I it's, but it's, it's the way you lose. Like, it's the way you lose. So you're saying that, like. It's your mindset it's, with losing. It's your If you have an ego and you're losing. It's, 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 it's more painful for whatever
1: reason. Yeah. Because, or, or actually you hide the pain because your ego's in the way and won't, like. I mean, that's why people flame all the time, right? Because they're just deflecting the yeah. responsibility they think they're better else, than everyone right? else yeah but like they just don't you don't really get into the review yeah no and, and what I mean by vulnerable Nathan the reason I use that word is like I basically mean like peel all the crap like the shit. like imagine like there's a shield over me like all this metal armor I
0: gotta peel that off and then there's just me for who I am and, like, what I am. And my, the way that I use that is accepting reality. Like, that's where I am right yeah. now. Yeah, that's another way of framing it. I, I'm i not happy with where I am right now. I want to improve, but this is the reality. And I'm going to take the learnings and I'm going to move forward. And it ties into my other point here. What you just said is that
1: sometimes it feels like we we um, we're like these... <laughs> Like these self-help gurus or whatever. Yeah. And and this sounds really ridiculous. Here we go, Curtis. But I truly believe in the power of words in the sense of like saying something out loud. Yeah. You know, Tony Robbins, he talks about self-affirmations and shit like that. Yeah. I tr- I, I, I'm dead serious. Saying something can literally, it's like, in a way, it distracts your brain. Like, there's like that version of your. I mean, Ray Daly talks about it. There's the higher and lower self. Very simplistically, it's an oversimplification of the brain, but the emotional self and right, logical control, and, and the logical. Right? There's emotional, logical. There's things that we have, like our emotion, our ego, and our you know all that all that stuff there. Then there's our logical self. In in order to overpower the emotional self, I found that by like you can't just like will it. You can't do it through sheer will. You got to say it. Say it out loud. It's okay to get beaten. I'm going to learn a lot from this. I need to accept reality. It's okay. Like whatever you just said before. Like say these things, even though it sounds really ridiculous, say it in your mind or say it out loud. You will feel much better because your brain has something to focus on. It's vocalized. It's in front of you. It's like like, um, on F1 when that guy, the CEO of of Russell... uh, um of williams the new ceo of williams racing in f1 and he told that story about because he was a rally uh coach he yes, that story. Yes. and he said he told the co-driver of the rally car to squeeze his balls
0: yeah
1: the driver because he was scared apparently and he was scared about like not performing and then he said, he's like wait you sure squeeze his balls and the coach said yes yeah, squeeze his balls <laughs> and then and then like he's like what happened i like I'll squeeze him like it. Was, was there something there and he's like yeah He's like, good. Now tell him to use them. And, and, and he says, and the, the the quote he said after that was, "People they get in the head. They get in their head, so in much. Their head too much. Yeah. You just got to be distract in them, it. distract them, d- distract yourself from thinking, or distract yourself from feeling, and just just do it. Mm. You know, like just do it. And I like that, and I resonate with that, and I do that by talking to myself. Mm. Like I'll literally say things out loud." And it sounds ridiculous, but it works. It does. So the power of just talking to yourself and replaying these key messages, you know, in Diables, we had these key messages, have these key messages that you can pull out of your pocket, like a little jar of like these key messages and have them at the ready. So you can repeat them to yourself. Boom, boom, boom. Um, It's okay. You know, I am not, you know, I am not this, I am not, uh, I am different to my level of play. My level of play isn't me. Um, it's not the end of the world if I lose it's Going okay back to the, the, whatever the, it might be
0: what we would said for Will when he was versing players that were high elo or more talented uh, they are better than me now but in long term I will win because of process and work ethic done beautiful and that, and like the moment those thoughts come in that's what you activate Burn.
1: that's what you activate
0: I have one you said you struggle versus Kisei I struggle versus M4A1 Yangpu is my son in yep. his name and I had a huge ego as well because I'm like, this guy plays the game incorrectly. It's bullshit. He gets away with the stuff yep. that he does, that he plays. But now I've switched my narrative to he's an incredibly- Just ins- respect him. Respect. Like Give yeah. them respect. Yeah. hundred percent. He's an incredibly intuitive player. He's going to make me do things I'm not used to doing, but that's going to make me a better player. Yep. That's that's what I narrative. It. Yeah,
1: and and you just got to give them the respect they deserve. Yep. It's, it, it, well, for some reason we're so bad at just giving people respect. Just give the goddamn guy respect. Yeah. He beat you. Well played, dude. Move yeah. on. Yeah, learn from it. I'm going to be here again tomorrow. I'm going to be here the, again the day after. I'm not exactly going right. anywhere. I'm not going
0: to. You're going to see me again. You're going yeah. to see
1: me again. I'm not going. I'm not backing down. Yeah. You might be better than me now, but again, I'm going to follow this process. I again, will be
0: better. You see what you said? Again, that's not vulnerable at all, dude. That's 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 aggressive in a way, isn't it? Right. So I think that's the okay. wrong word. I don't, I don't like that word. Okay. I can see that. But yeah, that's just in my
1: experience. I thought that was like an, a thing that uh, people can learn from. Um, and to flow on from that, I read something I think it was in Ray Dalio's principal's book we're reading, and he spoke about um, how there is two types of uh, two two ways to read a sentence. Okay, so Nathan, I don't know if you know this, but I'm really bad with grammar and English.
0: That was your worst subject in high school.
1: I, I basically failed English. I'm shocking at English, yeah. right? I, I barely wrote a, a, an essay over C my entire life. Like, <laughs> no, if I try, and I tried. Like, I'm really yeah, Curtis bad. Curtis
0: actively try. He I tried. He actively to tried. tried Practice essays
1: all the time. I still can't get over a C, dude. Yeah, really bad. Yeah. So, um, i uh, my, and I get roasted in my Midland Academy Discord all the time, really, for saying things. No, because I can't spell and I can't. I can't. My grammar is (laughs) terrible. Really, I can't. There and there, my theirs are wrong. I don't know how to spell basic words. Without autocorrect, I'm I'm literally you couldn't understand me, right? So I'm (laughs) shocking. And this is trying, right? So anyway, Ray Dalio in the book talks about how it's very common with people who have a lot of grammatical errors and and struggle with spelling. They have a very unique way of. Um, viewing sentences. So when they read a sentence, they read the sentence holistically. That to make, they look at the meaning rather than the specifics. Mm. So when I read a sentence, I've actually noticed this, and when I read books as well, I will I kind of skim over words and piece together the sentence as a
0: whole. Because you already know what they, they're trying to say. Yeah, I get, I get what they you mean. You know what that there and the there means. You yeah. want to like be like, it's an EI. And I skip an over E-I-A. that. Like
1: I don't even look at it because it's yeah. not important in the grand scheme of understanding the sentence, what that person means. So when I type something, I'm trying to get across a message or like an underlying message rather than the specifics but there is there's other people that are very particular when they when they when they read and write sentences they they go piece by bit it's like uh, it's this then this then this they kind of they kind of piece it together as they go along and this is something that's just it's just the way you learn and it's just a, a brain it's up in your brain it's just a, a an individual personality trait right and the reason I'm bringing this up is that I think that this also potentially extends to League in the sense that I think there are people that um, think very holistically, naturally about the game. And I actually think this has actually flowed onto the way I viewed League comparatively to other players. I never knew the numbers or anything in League. I couldn't tell you... I, I literally couldn't tell you how often minions respawn. I wouldn't even... I, when I first started coaching, even as a pro coach, mm. I couldn't tell you anything to do with numbers. Mm. I wouldn't even tell you... I couldn't tell you how much they costed, what the passives were, um how often minions spawned, how many minions were in each one. Like, I would barely... Just the basics of the game, jungle camps, how often that... I wouldn't know jack shit. Mm. But when I'm in the game, mm. like, I could feel it and mm. I can I can get a sense of how the game is And My understanding of the game holistically was very, very good. You remember when I was even playing as a pro, I would tell people how to play the macro game because I understood... I could piece concepts together really, really well. And I've never been that player that has cared about going in practice, to win, doing the combos and calculating the damage and the differences between items. I don't give a fuck about that. I care about, like, holistically, how is my lane going to play out? How does this affect what's going to happen in 30 seconds from now, in a minute from now? I'm very cerebral in that sense.
0: That reflected your champ Galio, TF. TF.
1: And even before that, I was a control mage player as well. I was never that person that wanted to, like, get into the details and know the perfect... all. You know, combat. the Katarina. The Kiana cat. Yeah, yeah, like, I, that was never me, right? Zed. Yeah, so I think that... Um, and I've noticed it in my coaching clients. There's people that are very, like, specific in the way they want to learn the game and, like, even the way they play the game. And, um, and then there's people that are very cerebral and they think very holistically about the game. Um, and I found that very, very interesting. So an extension of the spelling in a way, and then this could be just by chance, it could be a conflating two completely unrelated things. But in my experience, I thought it was just an interesting flow, uh,
0: flow effect there, potentially. What are your thoughts on this? And have you seen something similar in your clients? Well, I think that the people that gravitate towards Solter, just from experience in jungle position, they have already identified right. themselves as a cerebral type right. of Right. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So, um yeah i think that they do think big picture too much a lot of the time like sometimes we get too in the wing conditions it's like guys just step back and let's go back into like to the details, right, mechanics like right. in this 3v3 counter 10 that makes that a lot of, of
1: sense because mid actually gra- you, you actually can get both types
0: yeah because mid you, to you mid, can, you can go either way yeah. it's like
1: kind of two paths whereas jungle there is only one path really isn't there hmm. that's actually fascinating the role well, actually well, is a filter in itself isn't it yeah
0: there's definitely some players that are like, you know, they're, they're very on the, I'm the, they become they insulted, they're the solo carry, I'm just going to win fights, I'm going to be super right. fed They're outliers, very but they're outliers, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. They're usually the younger kids as well. And
1: they probably don't even, they probably didn't understand that jungle wasn't that role. Like the maybe place, they are yeah. theoretically better suited to another role. Yeah, potentially. You know, who knows? Maybe mm. they've just stumbled into jungle mm. because their team needed one when mm. we group of friends and they stuck with it. But in reality, there may have been a better, mid lane or 80 carry or whatever it might be yeah i just found that really interesting so it's definitely a thought experiment that people can potentially go through is there anything else you want to cover or do you want to get into the mailbags
0: uh so my last one is i've seen a little bit of a sometimes people vent on uh, my soul to discord talking about oh they play, played a game and it was just such a waste of time you <laughs> okay. know and stuff and you know i just like what do you mean that? a waste
1: of time like as in like it was a 15 minute like t-
0: like, what do you mean? Yeah, or it would just be like a 30% loss or like, a, yeah. you know, someone literally was just, you know, just trolling from draft yep. and stuff and then it went through or whatever. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the way that I view it is, uh, you know, I just, I just read that. It's like, well, you know, the talk about the solo queue contract episode, it's just part of the contract. You're going to have, think about how much time we've probably wasted in league. Oh, I'd be thousands thousands of hours. Thousands of hours, right? Yeah. That's just the cost to pay and you just need to again think get out of that short-term thinking. You don't you, you can't give it weight. Yeah, you can't like give people, it any weight. That's right. you can't talk about it. You can't talk it don't about even it. talk Pretend about. Pretend it. it didn't yes. happen. Yes. As
1: weird as that is, just yeah. you cannot give it a single bit of attention. Love it. Yeah. People don't get the co- the consequences long-term of s- if it's even posting that, that this that's, game's a waste, yeah. It's a waste oh, you know, they post that little screenshot of the thing and I look at this new, new, haha. I mean, I guess a quick 15. They, the fact that you've gone through the process of like screenshotting and typing that, that's already you've done long term damage there. Yeah. You've got to. You've got yeah. to.
0: When I'm in a game that like looks like it's just going to be a bit of a waste of time, just move on. I've already it. moved on in my head. Like, yep. I'm just ready to, manage. I'm already thinking about big picture about my journey, thinking about what's going on. Yep. You know, this is my block. What's my schedule for the rest of the day? Should I play another game? In my blocks, like, that's what I'm thinking. Forward thinking. Yep. No point dwelling on it so over. Move on. So I thought that was just an important one. That's something we should add to the solo queue contract. Yep. It's just part of the journey. It's part of the game. It's part of the improvement process. Totally agree. All right, we're going to jump into Mailbag. Away we go. For mailbag. Jingle, jingle, jingle song. All right, first question here comes from Brian. Title of this email is Switching Champs to Build Intuition. Hello, Curtis and Nathan. Big fan of the podcast. My friends and I have been getting a lot out of it in our solo queue journeys and it's been really helpful for me personally in terms of improving my play. I was watching Curtis's video about intuitive versus analytical play styles and that raised a big question in my mind. You both put a lot of importance on sticking with a small champ pool for good results. But Curtis pointed out that league is a primarily intuitive game with some analytical elements. As an anal- analytical-style player and a dirty, dirty Malzahar one-trick, that says to me that I'm not playing the game optimally. I've already hit gold for the season so far. Do you think I fi- might find more success learning to play intuitive champs and playstyles, or should I stay on my anal- analytical path and develop more refined waves to press R and win? <laughs>
1: It's a tough call. It really it is. is. It? It's a tough call. I mean, look, like I said in the in the in the video, there's always crossover champs that aren't like those hardcore intuitive like champs. Like, like I said, there was the there's those, those mate like battle mages like they're, they're half intuitive and half. Uh, analytical, I would probably recommend not going from like a mouse to an Aurelia or something like that. You're gonna find some middle ground like that. So I mean, what are
0: champs like Vex is Vex? Yeah, Vex, Cassio,
1: Ari. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of these champs that are kind of you know, Rise. The champs in the middle that are kinda of like there. Um, if you kinda of wanna make that jump. I think it will be painful in the short term, but in the long term it will do wonders. Mm. Um you're gonna have to bite the bullet in the short term. But yeah, I, I do think if if I were to go back in time and redo my journey, I 100% would have kind of manned up and and got out of my comfort zone and played a champion that really made me uncomfortable. Like I did it eventually, but it took me way too long. I should have done it like two seasons earlier than I did. Mm. But I was just afraid and I was like, oh no, I want to stick in my comfort zone with the majors." And I, when I finally picked up Zed after how five years of playing the game, I'm like, wow, I got way, way better. It was a terrible 100 games though yeah <laughs> it was the worst 100 games of my life but when i got there i became a much more well-rounded player yeah
0: that's my advice anyway that's no, the exact same journey as me i was a tank player right i'd start off as a tank player and that bit me in the ass uh, big time but if you
1: play the game for a long time i mean we don't know if you will um if you're interested in playing the game long term then yes if you're in it for the short term probably not so, yeah, both me and Nathan are actually very similar in that sense. We kind of screwed ourselves by not swapping our pools
0: earlier. All right, moving on here. Uh, Daniel, the title of this email is Toxic Expectations for Myself, Ego. Hey, guys, I first wanted to say that the podcast is always an amazing listening. listen, even being a non-mid slash jungle main. For context, I'm an ADC main who has plateaued around Diamond 1 Master for a couple of years now. I've recently realized that I have this idea that for me to be this truly great player, I must be able to play whatever champion becomes meta or I'm just bad. For example, right now I lose a lot of games as Jinx, but I have much better success with Jin and Ezreal. While also having more fun, enjoyment. Even though I don't have any plans of ever going pro, I want to be a challenger player who can play whatever becomes meta at a high level, uh, as that's my belief of what it means to be a great player. I hear you guys say on the show a lot that meta is important once you go to Masters and beyond, although I can't help but feel like I go through this cycle of picking up a new meta champ, trying my best to improve and focus on myself, then playing a few hundred games without nearly as fast improvement as I'd like burning out and taking a break from League repeat process after meta changes. Am I expecting too much of myself? Am I making this game more unenjoyable than it needs to be? Also, don't understand the fine line between being as competitive as I can and also enjoying the process. It feels like being competitive and having fun somewhat contradict each other. Any help would be appreciated. I think we use Will's advice. I think Will has actually
1: hit the nail on the head. When the meta shifts... Okay, so actually, I want to I say something from a mid perspective and then kind of weave it in with what Will said and then you can go from there, okay? Right. So, number one, you don't... You're never going to be a well-rounded player, like play a lot of champs and get to challenger, high chow. That's never going to be the case. That doesn't exist. I spoke about that about in one of my YouTube videos. Uh, the way it works, Daniel, is that you get high elo first with a small pull. We're talking like chow, right? high chow, mid to high chow, then you can expand from that point. But even then, the top challenger players, like the the best ones, they actually don't... um, I mean, a lot of them cycle the same five champs over the past three to four seasons. I made a video talking about that. The second thing, for mid lane, what I recommend is that you have kind of like a core three, that are going to be your babies. This is, I mean, core two, core three. These are going to get, or you're going to get basically all of your LP with these three champs, right? But in Master, because the meta is a thing and it's quite important, um, I do recommend for some players to have a fourth and fifth, but easy to execute and potential meta champs that you can swap in and out. That is a thing. And I know 610 has had success. I think Mysterious has had uh, success with that. You have your core two or three. That's You're going to play majority of games. And then fourth and fifth, they kind of rotate. Um, but you're still going to keep that core three, usually long-term. Now, I do want to kind of tie this to what Will said because I think this is probably the most pragmatic advice you'll ever get because we'll uh, literally use this and got rank one. You don't change your pool with the meta. You change how you play your champions. So for me, right, I haven't changed really... Like, I changed my pool at the very start of the season. But as the meta shifted, it went to, like, Karma meta and there was, like, Rise a lot. There was LeBlanc. There was all these metas. So even this, this season so far... I didn't adapt to any of them. I just changed the way I play my champions. So what I would recommend is don't try and be this well-rounded playing every single meta champ as it swaps. Stick with your core three, four, whatever it might be. Get extremely good at them. And you might have to alter the builds that you go on some of them in the meta. You might have to go a different gin build. or You might have to go a different Ash build or whatever it might be. You might go on hit to crit or whatever it might be. That is a much better way of adapting to the meta rather than doing this whole shenanigans of swapping your
0: champ all every three weeks. Um, anything to add on to that, Nathan? Uh, he, the title of this email is Toxic Expectation for Myself. I think he has got toxic expectations. Yeah. He's the way this email's written, the only time you would ever pick up new meta champs is if you're literally a pro player in like, you know, EU masters or thing where yep. you're where you're you've already already had success and gotten to like one LP or yep. you know, top ten on the ladder right you have that knowledge and that ability and that confidence to, to play multiple champs so you're just not there you're, no, you're, you're still there. learning the game at diamond One Master you're still you know you obviously have great foundations but you need to now go in even deeper on those foundations Champ Mastery
1: is going to be the difference we yeah. keep saying this Champ Mastery is the difference Which yeah for, for me Master getting into
0: Challenger I just played Rek'Sai Zin um I recently expanded to Volibear and what else did I play at least you play at least. I did a Hecarim. little bit of at No, I didn't play Hangar Yeah, holy shit. I literally basically. I only played Rek'Sai and Zinzao. It was actually. basically Rek'Sai and Zinzao, yeah. Yep. Yeah. There you go.
1: Yeah. Um, and the last thing, the fun thing, yeah, the game is going to be. You're going to be miserable, by the way, if you keep trying <laughs> to expand your pool. The game is the most fun, the more Champ Master you have.
0: Yeah. That's yeah, the way it works. That's why I'm having the most fun right now in the game. So
1: I don't think they are different I think the way you're going about it is very unfun as if you develop that jam mastery and think long term and actually get into the details that is fun figuring out creative ways to win games with your champion is one of the most fun things you can do about the league. that's why a lot of people want trick because it's actually a very fun thing to do isn't it it's like well I'm since out of this game if, if I didn't have any mastery, I'm just going to auto-lose, but given I'm so good as in I can maybe adapt my build and, like, creative paths yeah, and all I'm this stuff.
0: I'm thinking about my role in team fights do I play front-to-back. Yeah, am play, I my, and use my someone? R differently. There's so many questions to ask when you know the champion. You know how to win games that look bad as well. You it's, know? A ball game. it's a different ballgame. It's a different ballgame, yeah. Something to keep in mind, Daniel. It's just, yeah, you're adding that, that level of the game that you just won't get learning new champs because your, your mental stack's full. Yep, that's right. You can't think holistically about the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely the way that I view the game now is literally my champion is my tool. This is what I can do with my tool, but then I need to put that into the bigger picture of what what my team is doing, what the enemy team is doing. And that's that's the way that I view the game now, which took a long time to develop, but that's where you need to get to. You need to think about the game holistically. All right, next question is from uh, Vincent. Hi, Curtis and Nathan. Thanks for the podcast. I listen to it every day driving to and from work at the hospital. My question is, what are your thoughts and best advice on climbing in top lane this season? I'm a Camille main Diamond 4 peak, but this season I'm a filthy hard stuck Plat 3. My other champs are Set, Aatrox, Yorick, and, Darius, and Quinn, but mainly only play Camille and Blind Picker every game. My wave management and trading are solid, but I struggle heavily with jungle tracking and find myself dying to ganks and this leads to me playing weak side on Camille, which is not ideal. My playstyle heavily revolves around split pushing, and I often have low damage after the game, but highest damage to turrets. TP is hard nerfed this season, so is it worth a TP to land on cooldown pre-14 minutes?
1: Oh, it sounds like the champ mastery thing is good. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't know about like... I mean, I think it's good that you have your, your baby, right? Camille's your baby. I think that's really good. I think it'd be nice to complement that with maybe two other champions. Um, champs that maybe fill some of the bad matchups for Camille. Um, I mean, look, at the end of the day, we don't know about the journey climbing through top. So, I, I mean, the only advice that I would give is... It sounds like you've already pinpointed the main issue. Yeah, you've got yanks. an issue. Yeah. Like, it, like don't overcomplicate it. Like, tracking, if you're yeah. dying...
0: That's a it's, huge, it's a huge fucking problem. Yeah.
1: It's it's like it's like it's it's just massive. Like, I can't stress enough Cause, dying. Because
0: the way that this email's written, it's like this is my problem, but like I don't think it's that big of a tell me something else, please. <laughs> it's you the know? problem. Like that's that is literally the problem. Yeah, Do you know how many problem. opportunities and how much CS you're missing by dying from gangs?
1: I, I I've actually been really stressing this with my clients as of the last month. One death is huge.
0: The Simply not
1: dying. And I don't like saying this, but I, I actually changed the way I frame it. Rather than not dying, play to not die. Value your life. I literally gave this advice to a client recently. O's client, Geordie. Did a review with him. The only advice I gave at the end of it said, "Jordy, all bullshit aside, you're not valuing your life. Like if you play the game and you, you're valuing your life very highly, a lot of it falls into place. Play your Camille as an experiment, I would do this as an experiment for two weeks, right? Play as if, like, just play to value your life and CS and good resets and
0: see what happens. Like, all these things are gimmick things. Like, should I TP it or land or yeah, cool it down? on cooldown? How do I play split push? Like, yeah, sure, those are important, but those are just way further down. If you're down dying, the track. it doesn't mean, <laughs> mean anything. Again, what I worked with Will on the first year of working with Will was win conditions and the early game I identified and um and jungle, and jungle path in. People will think, oh, I can watch a video and learn that. No, you have to fucking execute for a year. It takes a lot of hardworking consistency and they don't they Figure
1: out why you're dying, right? Yeah. Like, like, are you dying to ganks? Are you getting solo killed? Do you know your matchups? Are your wave states always cooked? Um, what's happening? Get specific. What are the trends?
0: Go over your first two deaths of every game then end the review. That's it. That's right. Do not... Disrespect the fundamentals of the game. At the end of the day, a top laner. I had actually a conversation with uh, with uh, a friend of mine. Like top laners, it's it's actually. I think it's the way he viewed it was. Uh, he versus like uh, Tien and stuff in solo queue he's like a you know top 15 player on our server he he was watching his games and he literally just CSs get two item spike and then fires yep then kills everyone <laughs> then kills everyone <laughs> yeah two, you just get, play for a two item spike and you're good to go yep especially in diamond mm. especially in diamond top landers get a lot of farm and experience and gold for themselves yep. they're, they're they're big boys right. they can do a lot all right, so I think uh, yeah, I think that's less about talking about advice and more like your... Pro- I mean, I guess we mm. did give problems. It's kind of like the on.
1: overall approach, isn't it?
0: Yeah, like there's a problem with this email, just the way
1: it's written. The problem. He's not coming in with what, a problem-solving mindset, isn't he? No. That way you were talking about before. No, no problem-solving mindset. It's like, these are all my this problems. This is a problem? Help me. Yeah. Rather than, okay, let's have a crack at figuring out what it might be and like, you know, obviously if you're dying, I mean, surely that's like one of the first things that you'd be addressing, right? It seems like he's already knows the answer. He just, yeah. Look, like you said, looking for a gimmick.
0: Yeah. There's no gimmicks, no gimmicks,
1: no cheat codes. I can tell you again, getting boring, from the boring, North boring, American boring.
0: server from will to rank one. There is not a single sexy thing. I can tell you nothing. Persistence, dedication, obsession, and getting into the details.
1: Most reviews that people come in and they're like stressing, i look at them. You just missed. You've, first skill shots or you fucked the wave completely at level one yeah. or you, you're overstaying in lane with 1500 gold it's like some basic fundamental right. most of the time
0: yep. and the interesting thing the mistakes that Will's making now that he's dropping and losing a lot it's just going back to the basics in terms of he's just forcing plays for some reason he's looking to need to force plays rank one player Nathan you wanting know? to do whatever
1: he wants <laughs> yeah
0: well that's that's what people will think but you can't basics guys just focus on the basics consistently Will's not here to defend himself no he's not <laughs> All right, moving on to the next question, Curtis. Mm, yep. All right, last question here. Uh, Titleist emails, ranked anxiety. Classic. The biggest classic one. We at least do a, one one a month yep. of this question.
1: Got to help out,
0: help them out. Hello, Curtis and Nathan. Hope you guys are well and enjoying solo queue. The funny thing about when people send ranked anxiety <laughs> questions, they feel like that their ranked anxiety is different to other people's yeah. ranked anxiety. It's like their case is special. I don't care about other people's cases. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, they, they have ranked anxiety for different reasons than I do. Apparently. I came across this podcast quite recently, as in the last week or so, and I've been binging the recent episodes. I've never been more inspired by the way you guys talk about league and solo queue, as well as your thought process, with, thought process with trying to learn and get better and improve all the time. It's very inspiring. I'm a long time player, started in early season three, stopped in pre season four, and came back in mid season seven, and have been playing regularly since. I've not played much ranked at all. I think netting 50 games per season. However, I spend most of my time playing hundreds of normal draft games per season. Due to the lack of solo queue games, I've never hit my goal of hitting at least gold 4. I've no one to blame for that but myself for not playing enough solo queue. I switch my role frequently, always with going back to what I know best, being a jungler at heart, being a jungler off and on for seasons now, usually switching due to a hard mental block that prevented me from improving. Now I feel as though through your podcast and respective YouTube channels, I'm really strengthening my mental so I get tilted far less often than I used to. I found one of my main problems as to why I never really played that much ranked solo queue. Mostly because I'm anxious and full of anxiety about the climb. And to really learn from those experiences. What I'm really hoping you guys have some advice on for not just myself, but the other people who suffer from this as well. How do you overcome the anxiety to just play ranked? I fear that I will get flamed for making a bad play and then throwing me off my game make the bad call that cost the team the game I know and understand that mistakes happen but that anxiety now is what keeping me from playing ranked games uh, have either of you guys in all your coaching experience dealt with anything like this before and if so how did you approach it
1: hundreds honestly yeah
0: I think it's actually hundreds at this point
1: I'm gonna give you one really pragmatic piece of advice that works every single time force yourself to play Right, so view it like this. View it. Like, what was his name again? His name was uh, Quinn. Quinn. View it like this. Imagine um, the start of anything is really difficult. Like the first time you go to the gym, painful. Right, that first three weeks, four weeks, that first month, torture. You hate going every single time. You're nervous to go. You're thinking people are going to judge you. You don't know what the hell you're doing. It's terrible. But then, before you know it, about month in, you're like, oh, "Wow, I actually, I actually feel good." Like, you start to feel a bit better. You have more energy. It just gets easy. It just becomes, you know, a habit. You just
0: can't not go. That's right? the key word. It's simply habit. You've built the habit of playing normal games. That is your habit. That's yep. the way you play the game. Yep. You like, like it. It would always be uncomfortable to play rank now. Let's say if I started playing a Rams right now, all right, and I want to get to be a top a Ram player. Do you reckon that? Do you know how hard that would be when I have rank to play? That would be. I would have to build that habit and completely throw out my my mindset exactly. in terms of ranked. Do you know that's impossible to shift? Even even think about playing another game. The habit that I have built with League of Legends, like um, you know, am I, I going to go start playing solo games? You know, no, because I've built this habit of me playing League and ranked, and my view and you know, loving competition yeah. wanting to climb. So
1: you just got to accept that it's hard. And literally do it anyway. So, like, this is gonna be your, your conversation in your mind, ready? You're sitting there at the PC, you've scheduled time timeout, you've got plenty of time, you've got a whole evening there, right? You're there, you're staring at the client, you've got that play button, you see the rank solo queue, there's a queue up button right there, right? You'll be shitting yourself, right? You're shitting yourself. Oh, fuck, you know what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? You Am I gonna queue up? My oh my god, my you're game. in champs left. Oh shit, you know, go- I hope I get my chance. People are gonna
0: check my OPG and know oh, that oh, I don't no. play ranks, man. You might
1: see some chat going on. Oh my god, it's already starting, right? First game, you're going to shit the bed. You're going to go 0-6. It's going to be terrible. Yep. You're going to want to quit. Sack. Got to force yourself. Queue up again. Same thing. Still feel like shit. 0-6 again. No, Queue 0-10 up again. that game. Even worse. 0-10. Yeah, 0 yeah. Let's visualize. 0-10. Shocking game. Third game.
0: Off roll. Terrible experience. People flames you. People say you lost them in the game. Actually,
1: let's say he's muting all because you should be muting okay, all. Right? Yeah. Mute all should be done every game no matter yeah. what. Mute all, unmute pings. And that's what you did, your three block. Whew. Torture. Why did I do that? Back to normals. Right? Go to bed. Next day, same thing. You're you're sitting in front of the computer. Cue up. And then you're just thinking. You're you're visualizing what just happened yesterday. Oh my God, that was so bad. You go on again. Boom. zero four. Terrible. Second game. Secondary roll. Shocking game. Now you're five at this point. Next one. you You don't want to queue up for that third one, do you? At all. Terrifying. Get your game, and then you lose again. You lose in fifteen this time. Zero six. Why play? Uninstall. Go back to the normal safe place. Let's go back to the normal mm-hmm. game safe. No one's going to judge me here in the normal
0: games. I got no rank. Uh, and I have played, you know, my comfort zone. six years in can, this thing. Yeah, everyone's chill. Everyone's I know. Relaxed. I know what to expect. I know what what I'm comfortable in it.
1: Right. Everything is going to be telling you to not play again. Don't you dare, Quinn. Don't. don't. Quinn be you know be careful don't go there don't go there Quinn go again anyway kick the go kick, kick the door down go in again now by that 12th game if you can get to game 12 if you get to game 15. it'll be a piece of cake game 18 game 20 21 simple you won't even it'll just be you're going just walk into just the another office. another game this is my office this yeah. is it you're the dojo as per usual, and you'll start to develop the champ mastery, figure out trends, and you're in the thick of it. Before you know it, you're in, the, you're in the thick of the maze. There's no turning back anymore.
0: You're in. You're in the deep end. You're locked in, and you're all good. Smooth sailing. Okay. You know how it's interesting that you said that normals is a safe space? You were a bots player. You were scared to play normal games, Curtis, when you first played the game. Oh. Going from bots to norms was terrifying, and then norms to ranked was both all terrifying. There you go. So yep. it's not even just saying that norms is more casual game mode. that's all relative. Because it's all relative. It's all relative. Because Curtis sat there playing bots all the time.
1: Yep. Normals were terrifying to me. I was shitting myself. When I initially played League... Actually, it's even it's actually more granular, by the way. Because I only played bots on my team as well. I did that as well. It was a mode where I think you could do... Um, it was like all bots... Like I didn't have humans on my team at some point, I'm pretty sure. I think it was all bots, and then I and then there were I'm pretty sure, and then there was humans on my team, and then there was humans on the other team, and then there was ranked. That's how of a noob I was. I was like a noob of
0: the noobs. You did that for a year,
1: <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. It was shocking. So, um,
0: so why did you go from bots to normals? Um. what motivated you did you just start doing it
1: because I do remember distinctly by the way my first game where I played with someone else because I, I, I'm 90% sure I played only with bots on yeah. my team as well yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. and then I remember I played my first the, the game with someone else I think it was even still verse bots and I, I talked to some guy he's playing but I'd never seen the, the champion before and I said is trinity good he said yeah it's really strong (laughs) and i was terrified oh my god this champ he's this guy's gonna kill everyone he started killing everyone i was was shit scared yeah even my first normal game and then
0: yeah getting into norms i'm shitting myself and so you were just shitting yourself you just kept doing it though to be
1: honest yeah i was just i was just i kind of just went with it i guess yeah
0: you probably bought a bot, so you just want a new challenge, man. No,
1: because I was just farming bots. It got to the point where I was just farming bots. Yeah. It was so I was easy. It was just easy, yeah. Like, it was just a gradual, like, I just got more and more comfortable. Yeah. That's why when I went to ranked, I was so comfortable with norms that I went straight to gold. There yeah. was no, like, climb through silver and bronze. Like, it was never a thing. Hmm. Um, that was a very
0: unique journey, though. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's all relative. Yeah. It's all relative. And you just got to build that habit, you know? That's the most actionable advice I'll give. Yeah. I like it. Just embrace it's the gonna suck. suck. You're it's gonna, gonna suck. suck. You know how you said that these fears, you know that you're gonna lose your team, <laughs> the game, and you're gonna get flamed. Yeah, yes! they're gonna happen. Correct. <laughs> cool. That's, That's one game in, the, in a
1: thousand games. Who gives a shit? How many times people lose games for you? It doesn't
0: matter. That's right. Doesn't uh, matter. The stuff that you said that here, I get. I get that. All I get. I'll queue up for my block and I'll do that. I'll lose a game for my team and I'll yep. get flamed. Part of this whole you experience. It doesn't even develop, develop the mental resilience. That's right. You're gonna
1: ruin someone's day. I love doing it. It's my favorite part of my day. Me
0: too. I love queuing up and losing the game for the four players, four teammates of mine. That's my correct. Teams. But that's the only way. And you And they learn will repay the favor at some point back, that's and that's right. all good. That's right. So the
1: handshake. It's like it's kind of like a like a it's kind of like a loan or whatever. It's, it's like, your turn this time.
0: Yeah. I'll I'll carry the next one. Yeah. You can do that. So one. So you
1: shout me this game, and I'll shout you the next one. Yeah. It's like that.
0: Yeah, it's like when I'm playing with you, dude. Yep. You know, sometimes you carry me, and sometimes like. I got to bust my balls with Kerry Curtis. Yeah, like he just doesn't know what he's that's doing in right. this game. You know, vice versa. All right, that's the end of the episode today, Curtis. Excellent. Good work, everyone. Good to be back. And we'll see you on the rift.